your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March the 2nd, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. And of course, as always, you can hit me up on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. Definitely appreciate anyone who reaches out by way of Twitter. Coming up on the show, segment number three, your calls, your texts, even got a tweet that I'll get to uh, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, you know the number, 707-654. 4693. Segment number two, I actually had an opportunity to catch up with Corbin Smith. He's the host of Locked On Seahawks. You can find him on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. And what he's doing, and I kind of talked about it a little bit on Monday, he's doing a series of conversations with everyone that was mentioned tied in with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's agent mentioned the Cowboys, mentioned the Bears, mentioned the Saints, and mentioned the Raiders. So what he's doing is basically like crossover editions of the show with each host from one of those teams. So he's already knocked out some shows with Ross Jackson talking about the uh, the Saints, talking about the Cowboys with Marcus Mosher, uh, Lauren Cox from the Bears, and then on Monday evening had an opportunity to catch up with me to talk about Russell Wilson. And basically what the conversation is, if you were in the position of the GM. So I'm basically playing Mike Mayock. I'm playing John Gruden. And I was going to hear the news that Russell Wilson had me on the short list of of teams that he'd potentially okay a trade to. What would I be willing to give up? Not saying that I'm trying to move on from Derek Carr and I'm going to go and try to get Russell Wilson. I'm not pounding the table for that. But just playing a role. What would I be willing to give up and why? So that conversation is about 10, 12 minutes. You'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. And I think you'll be surprised by what I was willing to give up for Russell Wilson and what he thought in response to my trade offer. So that's coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, just news and the notes of the day, uh, as I always do. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about on Monday, but Monday afternoon, well, everything got rolling. And first, we'll start off with the Raiders because, well, it's the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So we got to start off with the Raiders, right? They waved three players on uh, on Monday. Linebacker Yukimi Aligwe, and I probably said his name wrong. Defensive end Jeremiah Valoga, and I probably said his name wrong. And defensive back DJ Killings. None of those guys are going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that the Raiders got rid of those guys. You know, I think everyone expected to be, you know, LaMarcus Joyner officially released, or maybe Trent Brown officially released, or maybe Richie Incognito, or who knows? Somebody with a bigger name. But those are the three that were named. And all of a sudden now, there seems like there's not a controversy, but all of a sudden people are trying to put two and two together and saying that. Uh, you know, Aligwe, Valoga, and uh, Killings, they were all players that opted out of the 2020 season because of the coronavirus. Uh, The NFL obviously allowed players to do that, and so now they're saying that the Raiders uh, happened to send a message to the players that decided that they were going to opt out by uh, releasing all three of those guys on the same day. I'm not really looking into it like that. I feel like you really have to search deep if you're going to look for it like that. I look at three guys. One, I, can, I can't I can say two of their names, and I can only say one of their names because it's easy, DJ Killings. None of those cats were going to make the 53-man roster, right? Did any of us think that they were going to make the 53-man roster? No. They wouldn't have made it in 2020, and they definitely aren't going to make it in 2021. So I don't really think about it too much, but some people are trying to look into it and say, oh, the Raiders are trying to send a message that you don't opt out on the team, and uh, that's why that they released them. And you know what? I'll go a step further. If that is what the message that they're trying to send... 
I mean, that's what teams do with players that aren't going to make the roster anyway. You know, you always see teams come down and, and the harshest punishments will always be on the guys that don't matter. You know, just like the, the rookie, the undrafted free agent that the Seahawks moved on from that the Raiders ended up picking up that uh, tried to sneak the girl into training camp, you know, gave her a Seahawk gear and everything. And then the Raiders ended up picking him up. You know why the, the Seahawks released that dude? Because he wasn't a big time player. He wasn't a guy that was going to make a difference. He was an undrafted free agent out of out of Oklahoma State. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> I mean, that tells you all you need to know. The Raiders picked him up, put him on the practice squad, and then he got a DUI. Or no, not DUI, I'm sorry. He got busted for racing in, uh, in Houston just the other day. So he's probably going to be now on his third team. Clearly, he's a guy that just, you know, doesn't figure things out, doesn't get it. But teams make examples out of guys that they're not expecting much from anyway. So if the Raiders are trying to send that message, uh, one, I think it's a little tone deaf. But if that is what they're trying to send, they're sending it to the guys that weren't going to matter. So they're not sending that to a Max Crosby. They're not sending that to a Cleve Furl. They're not sending that to guys like that. They're sending it to guys like Aligwe, Veloga and DJ Killens. And again, I'm sure I said two of the three names wrong. But either way you look at it, not a big deal, not a big loss. Now, the bigger news that happened on Monday, J.J. Watt, a guy that is so funny. I just talked about him on Monday and was saying that uh, he was being offered contracts of 15 or $16 million. And I was like, man, you better go get that money because I just didn't see it. I was looking at a one-year $10 million deal, two years you know, $20 million deal, basically $10 million maybe $12 million a year at the most. Well, lo and behold, not long after I say that, the Arizona Cardinals and J.J. Watt agreed to a two-year deal worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. And apparently, according to multiple reports, that wasn't even the highest contract that was offered to him. So J.J. Watt is now in Arizona with the Cardinals, and uh, you team him up with uh, Chandler Jones, who's had, I think, 60-plus sacks in the last five years, and you have a really, really good pass rush, you know? And so that's that's going to be something. I think that J.J. Watt is still good for 25 to 30 snaps a game, and if he can stay healthy like he did in 2020, you, you combine him with Chandler Jones, and you got something, man. Arizona's cooking a little bit uh, in the desert on the defense defensive side of the ball. So with that being said, I know a lot of uh, Raider fans have uh, hit me up and said, okay, well, what does that mean for Hassan Reddick, who is a free agent, you know, and, and he was a guy when he was coming out of Temple, I was very, very excited about. I was very high on him, thought he had the want to to go out there and be a heck of a player. And he just really hasn't figured it out. He hasn't really gotten it done in his NFL career. He was drafted in 2017, two and a half sacks. In 2018, four sacks. 2019, one sack. 2020, contract year, 12 and a half sacks. So Raider Nation, this dude went from two and a half to four to one all the way up to 12 and a half. So John McClain always tells me, Q, it's always about the money and players always play better in a contract year. And there's something to that. And so I, I would say and I would caution anybody in Raider Nation that's like, go get Hassan Reddick, man. He can he could really increase that pass rush for the Raiders. And maybe he can, but I wouldn't throw a lot of money at him. I just wouldn't. I, I would be very, very careful. Matter of fact, Pro Football Focus, they estimated what he should be worth on the open market. They're only giving him a one-year, $8.5 million deal. So what that tells me is, hey, Jack, you've got to prove that you could do that again. If you can't do that more than once, then you're not going to get that big-time money that you're looking for. I mean, when you go from 2.5 to 4, drop all the way down to 1, and then all of a sudden you blossom and have 12.5, that's a little. That's like a red flag for me. That's one of those like, hey, something here does not look like the other. You know what I mean? Where's the consistency? So that would scare me right there. But I know a lot of Raider Nation sees the 12.5 sacks. It's like, go get them. 
The Raiders need sacks, and they do. They need pressure on the quarterback. If you play him in the right role, which he played in that 3-4 last year in Arizona, so that's not the same scheme that Gus Bradley runs, but if they use him correctly, maybe he could be an effective pass rusher. So to take this conversation a step further, we had Alex Clancy on my radio show on Fox Sports Central Texas, and he's the host of Locked On Cardinals. He also does a radio show on Fox Sports in Phoenix. Uh, We had him on on the show. It was kind of a last-minute thing just to talk about J.J. Watt signing with Arizona, and then I, I went to that next point like hey what does this mean for Hassan Reddick uh, who led the Cardinals with 12 and a half sacks in 2020 and kind of get the skinny on Hassan so you'll hear my question to Alex and then his thoughts on Hassan Reddick talking all things Arizona Cardinals with Alex Clancy host of uh, Locked On Cardinals he's also on Fox Sports uh, Radio there in Phoenix and uh, you mentioned getting sacks and, and, and the linebacking core being the strength of, of the Cardinals in, in 2020. Hassan Reddick, a guy that I was very high on uh, when he was coming out of Temple, uh, he had a career year last year, 12 and a half sacks for the Cardinals. Does the acquisition of J.J. Watt end up making him a free agent casualty, or do you think there's a way that Arizona holds on to him? You know, it's interesting. With the cap dip this year, and then it's supposed to skyrocket again next year with the new TV deal, and, and you know, we're all considering that They'll be fans in the stands. We'll kind of go back to some sort of normalcy in 2022. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's on Reddick after this is his fourth year in the league. You know, he, he was bounced around, didn't play his natural position of pass rusher pretty much since his last year in college. He's had a different defensive coordinator since his last year in college, all the way through last year, where then shows that that was his first time having back-to-back years with the same defensive coordinator and same defensive uh, base scheme. So you can look at it two ways. One, he's coming to his own as, as a pass rusher, getting a second year under Vance Joseph. Or two, Chandler Jones went out and he got a bunch of his sacks against bad teams. Dallas, Jets, Giants. That Those were the chunk, uh, those are the chunk sack games. So you can look at it one of two ways. You can validate it either way. I think he's going to get a good look uh, in, in the free agent market. He's going to get he's going to get paid more than the Cardinals can afford at this point. So unfortunately, even though he was looked at as potentially a transition tag candidate or franchise candidate, I think those days are now long gone with J.J. Watt on the roster. So there you go. There's Alex Clancy right there. You can find him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. He's the host of uh, Locked on Cardinals. Matter of fact, he does that show with Bo Brock. Uh, He's a real good dude as well, so you can definitely check them out if you want to hear all things Cardinals. But uh, you can hear the hesitation in his voice, man. He doesn't know if Hassan Reddick was a a product of being able to figure things out now in his career or if he just took advantage of some really bad teams while Chandler Jones was out and picked up his his leftover sacks that were basically out there. Uh, So again, I would caution Raider Nation. Yes, I I see what he did in 2020. I see the production, but I haven't seen enough of it consistently throughout the course of his career. So I would do like Pro Football Focus said, give him a one-year deal, eight and a half million dollars. Hey, look, you want it? Cool. Uh, Go and prove that you could be that dude. If you don't want to take it, fine. That's fine as well. There's other free agents out there that the Raiders could go pick up. Matter of fact, we'll talk some more free agency uh, later on in the week, and we'll look at some of the Raiders free agents and then look at some available across the league and what may be uh, the smarter idea and the smarter decisions for the Raiders. But uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about, well, you're going to hear my conversation with Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks, talking about if I were the Raiders GM, if I was John Gruden, what would I give up for Russell Wilson? I'll explain it all coming up on the other side in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. They have you covered with 
everything. It doesn't matter if it's the NBA, college basketball. Look, we're in March. March Madness is right around the corner. That is something that is very, very highly bet on all the time. You know, you want to get your sports gambling on college hoops and March Madness. They go together, man. They go hand in hand. So that's something you can really be a part of the action. The UFC, you can be part of that action. They have all even award shows. I mean, whatever you want, betonline.ag's got you covered. Open up a free account today, and when you make your first deposit with your uh, promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So, for example, you put a hundred dollars in now let's go a little bit bigger how about you put two hundred dollars in you'll have three hundred dollars to play with you put three hundred dollars in you'll have 450 to play with let's just do it like that man whatever you put in you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus but you got to remember to use the promo code locked on that's how you get that 50 percent welcome bonus if you're on social media check these guys out at betonline underscore ag you can take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business again betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts proud sponsor of my other locked on podcast which is Locked On Bets with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com talking all things sports gambling. Uh, but betonline.ag, check them out today. And we appreciate them for being a sponsor here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks and the fact that Russell Wilson put the Raiders as one of the four teams that, look, he's not asking for a trade, but if he was going to be traded, then one of the four teams, Cowboys, Bears, Saints, and Raiders, he'd be interested in being traded to. And so Corbin Smith hosts the Locked On Seahawks. He decided he was going to get together with all the hosts from the shows of those respected teams. Marcus Mosher, he does Locked On Cowboys. Uh, Ross Jackson, he does Locked On Saints. Lauren Cox does Locked On Bears. And, of course, I do Locked On Raiders podcast. So he got all four of us and decided he wanted to do kind of a, a, a Q&A and then ultimately ask us what we would give up for Russell Wilson. And I participated in it because I thought it was like a fun little conversation and I thought I'd throw something out there, not because – I am trying to move Derek Carr. I'm trying to shop Derek Carr, but because I feel like Russell Wilson is an upgrade for almost every team in the league, and if your name pops up, you have to at least do the due diligence of picking up the phone and making a call and knowing in your mind that, hey, I'm not trying to give up the farm. And this is something I told Corbin, you'll hear in a minute. I'm not trying to give up the farm for Russell Wilson because I have a quarterback I believe I can win with right now. But I do realize if he's on on his way out and, and you're looking to move him, hey, I might get lucky and just go ahead and offer you a couple picks and a player and you might roll with it. So I'm going to go ahead and at least throw my name in the hat. If you say no, cool, no big deal. No harm, no foul. But I'm at least going to do my job, which is due diligence and at least, you know, gauge the interest. Let's put it like that. So here's that conversation. Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks and myself talking about Russell Wilson and what potentially I would give up to get him in Las Vegas. Q, I'm just going to start with this question. This has obviously been in a very bizarre situation. Russell Wilson hasn't demanded a trade, but agent Mark Rogers decides that it's worth telling Adam Schefter. But if he does get traded, <laughs> these are the four teams he would be willing to go to. And the Raiders were on that short list. Now, I'm going to say that one really surprised me for one reason. Tom Cable being the line coach. Everybody knows Tom Cable was the Seahawks line coach for a long time, and those were some of the years that Russell Wilson took the most sacks and was under the most punishment. So that kind of made me scratch my head at first, but then I started thinking, but John Gruden has loved Russell Wilson since he was doing the QB camp with pre-draft prospects. He has been a huge fan ever since. 
Wilson was coming out of Wisconsin. So my first big question for you here, what would the fit look like if Russell Wilson found himself in Las Vegas? And why do you think they are on his short list? You know, it's interesting because I didn't think of the Tom Cable situation, but a lot of Raider fans were upset when Tom Cable got hired by John Gruden because of everything you mentioned about when he was the Seattle Seahawks offensive line coach and how bad they were. And uh, to our surprise, he's actually been pretty good. You know, he's done really good, especially the last two seasons with the Raiders. So uh, that's that's one thing that was a surprise to me as well. But it, you know, it ended up working out pretty well. I think that, you know, the appeal of Las Vegas, I think he sees a team that's on the rise. And, and I do believe the Raiders are on the rise. Do I think that they're a Super Bowl contender right now? No. I think they should have been in the playoffs in 2020, but because of some horrific defensive plays, uh, they, they weren't. Uh, I think that they should have competed to be in the playoffs. But... Um, you know, they have a nice new stadium. They're in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, it's 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 a lot to like. I think John Gruden is a guy that a lot of players really do like to play for, uh, you know, even though, you know, everyone goofs on him all the time. But I, I do think that genuinely people enjoy playing for Coach Gruden, and, and you kind of hear that across the league. So that's, that's some of the reason. Um, I think he realizes the Raiders have a very good offensive line and that he's going to get protected. Now, I will say a lot of those, and I'm sure you can back me up on this, a lot of those sacks that Russell Wilson takes are kind of the gift and curse of who Russell Wilson is. You know, he's the guy that's going to mm-hmm. hold on to the rock a little bit longer and try to make some magic happen. Well, sometimes you've got to just get rid of the ball and, and live to see another down. So some of those sacks, I'm sure, are on Russell Wilson and John Gruden would want him to get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker than that. But as far as fit, Russell Wilson, I think, was going to fit with anybody. He's just that good of a quarterback. So I, I think he would definitely fit. Uh, the Raiders have some nice weapons, including Darren Waller. I'm sure he saw that. A nice run game. And as you very well know, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, it was a strong, strong defense and a Legion of Boom and a great run game. The Raiders don't have the defense, but they do have a really good run game. Don't say that too loud for Seahawks fans because it just seems to kind of have become <laughs> forgotten a little bit. I think a lot of Seahawks fans are just like, we didn't let Russ cook enough last year, and that's kind of been the missed narrative is that even when the offense was struggling in the second half, they were still slinging the ball over the place. It just wasn't working near as well, and Wilson was gun-shy the last two months. He was not unloading the football. So, yeah, that would be something John Gruden, if they somehow did get Russell Wilson, would have to try to get him back on track in that regard. He talks all the time about legacy. So this is kind of going off what you said. You know, you're playing in a new stadium, but the Raiders have won a bunch of Super Bowls. They're one of the most storied franchises. And in some cases, one of the most hated franchises by a number of teams as well. But it's been a long time since they've really been relevant. Only a couple of playoff appearances since their last Super Bowl appearance. And so the idea of him coming to Las Vegas, they're in a new stadium, and getting the Raiders back to the Super Bowl, you want to talk about something that would enhance his legacy. To me, that's probably the other major selling point when you're talking about Russell Wilson. And the franchises that he's got on his list, they are all storied franchises in some regard. Yeah, all those symbols on the side of the helmets – they all mean something. You know, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears, and the Raiders. They're all – it's not the Carolina Panthers. It's not, you know, uh, the Jaguars. It's not teams like that. It's teams that mean something, that are are, are better teams in the league – or the league is better when those teams are really, really good. Uh, those teams also, those symbols sell themselves, you know. So uh, there's a lot of business that can be done, not just on the field, but off the field. And we all know that Russell Wilson is a businessman as well as a mm-hmm. football player. And, of course, he's got a, you know, a career that he's always going to worry 
worry about, like you said, that legacy. He would go down, if he could be a Raider quarterback and get the Raiders to the promised land, he would go down as one of the most storied quarterbacks in the history of the team. Because right now, Derek Carr owns a lot of the franchise records as far as yards, as far as touchdown passes. The problem is, not as far as wins. You know I mean? He struggles when it comes to wins and not all his fault. A lot of that is the organization hasn't put enough around him. They haven't put him up in the right position. I mentioned in 2020, the defense was horrific. Uh, they gave up a, a record amount of uh, points as far as franchise record amount of points, which you just can't do. Uh, but yeah, Russell Wilson would be looked at as the savior. So you want to talk about legacy. Uh, that would be huge. And so I think that there should be interest from the Raiders. I'm, I'm sure there is interest whenever the name pops up on Russell Wilson's shortlist, even though it might be like I tell all the time, the Raider Nation, hey, look, agents love to use the Raiders as far as leverage go. Oh, the Raiders, the Raiders are involved. The Raiders are involved. That goes to all those teams that we just talked about, the Cowboys, the Saints. You know, those teams are always bunched in as far as agent talk goes because it, it, it helps kind of leverage whatever they're doing against another team. You know, I mean, it's, and, and it's not it's not out of the question either when you say, hey, maybe John Gruden's looking to upgrade. Maybe he'd like Russell Wilson. You can't really say like, no, nah, that's not possible. Because it is. I mean, Russell Wilson is a, a, a very good quarterback, and the Raiders would be blessed to have him. Now, I just don't think that the interest is going to be super like, hey, we're going to sell the farm for this guy. But, yeah, we'll make a call and see if he's available. And that leads me to my big question here. If the Raiders were going to go all in on this, if you are the general manager, Q, and you're like, you know what, Derek Carr's been a serviceable starter. He's done good things for us, but he's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can take us to the next level and give us the best chance to compete with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs long-term. If you decide to go all-in, what does your trade package look like? What are you trying to get John Schneider's attention with to at least get him to discuss the possibility of trading Seattle's franchise quarterback? Well, you know, I'd get him on the phone my trade package, he'd probably consider disrespectful. He'd probably say, you know what, man, the, he might not even finish the conversation with me. He might hang up on me. But again, it's because I'm not desperate to get up, to move on from Derek Carr. I do know Russell Wilson's an upgrade, but if I'm the GM of the Raiders, I'm calling, like I said, just to see if he's possibly available. And hey, I'm going to throw this offer out at you. And if you say, well, let me think about it. Then maybe, you know, then maybe we have a back and forth conversation. But you might just say, hey, this is my franchise guy. There's no way I'm giving him up for just that. And I say, okay, I respect that. Thank you for taking my call. And maybe we'll do business at another time. So I'm looking at at Russell Wilson and I'm looking at his his age, which is still very young for a quarterback. He's very mobile. He can do whatever you know he wants to do. He's a magician out there. I'm offering Derek Carr, obviously, because you need a quarterback. Derek Carr is not going to have any place if, if the, the, the trade were to happen. Derek Carr is the first guy off the, off the, uh, in, in the trade. A 2021 first-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2022 third-round pick. And I'm saying that's what I got. And I know it's probably not enough, but that's what I got. And you're getting a quarterback that put up record numbers last year in return, and he's on a reasonable contract. So it may be something that you look at and say, okay, we could talk about it. And if not, again, uh, we have a respectful conversation and, and, we, and we call it a day. And I'll tell you one reason why that proposal, some of the listeners might be thinking, that's not enough first-round picks or whatever, but Derek Carr only has a $2.5 million cap hit, right. dead cap hit, yep. if the Seahawks were to make this trade. To be honest, I think the Raiders financially are the only one, if you're looking at those four teams, 
that you could match up and you could potentially move Russell Wilson with that $39 million dead cap hit. And you could even do it after June 1st because Carr's right. still going to be with the Raiders and both teams are going to have a smaller dead cap hit as a result of that. If this really is where this ends up going to and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, this is beyond repair, it's time to move our quarterback – then I think the Raiders from that standpoint would make the most sense. And Carr is still a young enough quarterback yep. that you could get a lot of good seasons out of him. He could maybe be more than just a bridge quarterback, just like Dak Prescott would be from the Cowboys, but they've got all the financial issues that the Seahawks would have to try to work around. So I'm just saying this from my standpoint, if I was John Schneider, I would think the Raiders would be the team I would probably call first just for that reason. If right. I absolutely had to move Russell Wilson and I would still maybe even try to get the Texans involved and see if I could be like, hey, we'll, we'll send Derek Carr to you. You're getting a quality quarterback. We want Deshaun Watson. There you I, go. I still I don't think that'll ever happen, but that's really what it would take for me to unload a player like Russell Wilson, who's still in the prime of his career. I want another top quality quarterback, right. and Watson wants out, so maybe you could get all three teams involved, and everybody gets the quarterback they want. The Texans can still compete with Derek Carr under center and some of the draft picks they would add through that trade. And so there's a lot of moving pieces, but the Raiders, if this really was going to go down, maybe would intrigue me more than anybody else. Well, you know, and the thing about it is, again, I'd pick up the phone and call Seattle just because my name was on the short list. And I feel like if I don't, it's almost more disrespectful. You know what I mean? Even though I may not be offering, like a lot of the listeners might say, oh, that's not enough, Q. I'm sorry. That's okay. At least I picked up the phone and called and said, hey, this is what I got. And maybe it can work. Maybe it can't work. Cool. Because I'm not desperate. It's not like I'm a team like Chicago that needs a quarterback badly. I feel like I can win with Derek Carr. So if you politely say no to me, or even if you don't, even if you just hang up on me, I still feel like, okay, at least I, you know, I, I, I did my due diligence and I feel like I at least investigated it and, and did my job as a GM. And now, hey, it's time to move on and let's go ahead and worry about the draft and put this team together for the 2021 run. So that's why I would offer that and, and be comfortable with that, with that move right there. I think there's a lot of logic there, and that's kind of gone over a lot of people's heads during this entire, <laughs> entire ordeal with Russell Wilson, including Seahawks fans, and what they can get back for him. Obviously, top five quarterback, you want to get a ton of draft assets and you want to get another quarterback you can replace him with that you're going to do that. The Raiders could potentially be a fit there. So, again, we have to wait and see. I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere in 2021, maybe next year after this season, depending how things go. If this is still an issue, he could be on the move next season. It would be more financially doable. And maybe at that point, depending what the Raiders' season plays out like, maybe then John Gruden and Mike Mayock might be like, you know what, it's time to go get that guy. And maybe this happens next year. But I've greatly appreciated your input, Q. And I guess we'll see what happens maybe down the line if uh, Russell Wilson's still angry. Maybe you and I will hook up again if the Raiders emerge as a potential favorite to get Russell Wilson down the line. So there was my conversation with Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks. You can find him on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. And uh, you heard my offer, man. Derek Carr, 2021 first round pick. That's number 17 overall. 2022 first round pick and a 2022 third round pick. And that was it. 
And, and that was, you know, even a little bit much for me to come up off of then. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I almost didn't want to put that third round pick in there, but I just did it just to go ahead and sweeten the deal a little bit. And you heard he actually was kind of interested in that one. And, you know, and said that that would actually be the more realistic landing spot for Russell Wilson. Now, again, I think that most of this is, uh, you know, doesn't really matter. I don't think there's anything happening. I don't think there's any moving and shaking when it comes to Russell Wilson, at least similar to what Corbin said, at least in 2021. Now, if something happens in 2022, all bets are off because it's a lot more financially reasonable for the Seahawks to move on from, not move on from, but trade him uh, in, in 2022 than it would be in 2021. I don't think, and I don't see anything happening this year, but it was kind of fun to talk about it just, you know, just in case I put the GM hat on and uh, had my shot at Landon Russell Wilson, which I do believe, and I know everybody doesn't agree with me, but I do believe that he is a very, very good quarterback in the league, and that would be an upgrade on almost every team. Now, there's a handful of teams that obviously don't need him, but I think he'd be an upgrade to most teams in the league. So uh, that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Even think I'll have time to throw in a tweet as well at your boy Q254. That's where I get some messages sent to me, direct message style. So that's coming up in segment number three. Right now, I do want to tell you about a great sponsor here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, which is rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything. And I mean everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. It doesn't matter if your car is one that you drive every single day to work or school or wherever, or it's a classic car that you pull out of the garage on Sunday. rockauto.com has a great catalog that's unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car. You choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right. The prices at rockauto.com are always super low. The same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers, so there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there in the little box, it said, how'd you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That knows that means that they know I'm doing my job. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. I think I'll have time. I'm going to try to squeeze a tweet in as well at your boy Q254. Let's start things off with a call from Raider Dot in the 510. He's calling in to talk about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and the value of some players in the league, how their value is determined, or what he thinks will determine their value. Here he is, Raider Dot from the 510. What's going on, Q? This Raider Dot, once again, it's your boy Raider Dot. I just want to hit you with a couple of nuggets as far as the Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson situation. What people got to realize is just because one team will pay a player a certain amount or overpay, that doesn't mean that's his worth. And what I mean is, like, some teams get what they call the hometown deal. Perfect example, like two, three years ago when Russell signed his contract, probably nobody else would have gave him that contract because on the field he hasn't been proven to be that good worth that deal. But Seattle would overpay for him. Same thing with us, Gruden. No team would have gave him no 10-year, $100 million deal. 
that's a hometown deal. That's a homegrown guy. We have history with him. Nobody would have gave him that type of deal. So you got to look at that and put things in perspective. For us, to keep car, the amount of money that we will pay car will be more than probably the rest of the league. But that's because we need him. He knows our system. And we're going to pay whatever to keep him. Like certain players and coaches get deals based off the situation of the team that needs them, you know? So I feel like Deshaun Watson is, is going to get a decent deal wherever he goes. Uh, Russell, maybe more so not because Watson is younger, but Russell has not been proven to be that passer. Like I've seen even DK Metcalf said on the uh, podcast about him just, just throwing the ball deep. And it's like, but when you really dissect Russ, in my personal opinion, you know, he's not that great. You know, like when the A receiver is not open, he scrambles into a sack. And they want to blame his line, but he scrambles into a lot of his sacks. Look at old-ass Brady. All you have to do is shuffle, dip the shoulder, do little subtle movements. But these, these running quarterbacks, they run into a lot of their sacks. And then they want to blame the line. Like, I just don't get it. But I just wanted to hit you with that, like, as far as how people be saying, oh, this player's not going to get that money. No, he's certain players are going to get that money based off the team. All right, Q, I'm going to let you go now. I've probably been running my mouth. But hey, you'll hear from me again. Holla at your boy, Raider Doc. There he goes right there, Raider Doc. Good call, my man. Appreciate you. And look, Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback. Like I said in segment number two when I was talking to Corbin, uh, I do agree he holds the ball a lot. He's responsible for a lot of those sacks. But in my opinion, still a great quarterback, and any team outside of small handful of teams could use him. His deep ball, in my opinion, one of the best in the leagues as far as accuracy goes. I don't know how much Gruden would dial it up for, for Wilson, but, man, he's got a hell of a deep ball. Um, let's put it like this. Imagine what Marcus Mariota was able to do in the one game he played with the Raiders in Week 15 against the Chargers, and imagine Russell Wilson in that position with his ability with his legs and also his accuracy with his arm because we all can agree that Russell Wilson's a lot better than Marcus Mariota, right? So I I think that, you know, there's a lot of value there in Russell Wilson. Now, as far as, you know, all these teams and and these players determining their value with their homegrown team, there's something to that. But again, I think if Russell Wilson was a free agent right now, there'd be a ton of teams just throwing money at him. Just like if, and I don't know, and this is a big if, if Dak Prescott were to get out of Dallas and they don't put the franchise tag on him, there'll be some teams out there that'll throw a boatload of money at him. And his value is probably more valuable to the Cowboys than any other team, like you're mentioning. But there's teams in free agency. That's what free agency is, man. You overpay for talent. So if these guys were to hit the open market, just like Derek Carr, if he was on the open market, somebody would give a boatload of money to him. Free agency is just that. You overpay for talent because you missed in the draft or you didn't get your job done in the draft right. And so now you have to go out there and buy someone else's uh, someone else's uh, you know player that they drafted that they decide that they don't want anymore. That's what free agency is all about. It don't matter what position it is. You always overpay in free agency. So thank you so much for that call. My man, a lot of good stuff there to, uh, you know, to unpack. Appreciate it. Next up, I got a text from Obi-Wan Raider, a pretty lengthy text here. He said, what's up Q Obi-Wan Raider here. Love the 2021 draft collaborations, part one and two really good info. Going to pick that up. Any thoughts on Talanoa Hufanga from USC? He plays safety. 
I know Abram could be good, but maybe he needs the wake-up call of having competition brought in that can hit just as well as him, but tackles a hell of a lot better and more consistently and has that alpha dog mentality. Let's face it, Eric Harris graded out better than Abram did. I sincerely believe that if we have a top 17 defense, we can make a deep playoff run. Let's be real, fam. Conservatively, the abomination of a defense costs us four games minimum. Hopefully, Gus can get guys in the right spots and develop these young guys. For the love of God, no more early defensive backs from Houston or Ohio State. I still have hope for Johnson from Houston, but that's it. Hopefully, our net can prove us wrong, but right now I have way more faith in rugs breaking out and monster balling next year, if used properly, than I do with the light bulb turning on for our net. Let me know your thoughts, Broham. On a side note, thanks for staying active and keeping us informed during this football drought. That's from Obi-Wan Raider. And I appreciate the text, my man. As far as Talanoa Hufanga goes, I didn't see a lot of him. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't have a big breakdown of him at all, but I did a little bit of research and just pro football focus, just looking at a couple different sites and, and reading what a couple other people had to say about him. And again, this is not my words. This is theirs. Uh, a thumper of a safety puts fear in receivers over the middle. Uh, Hufanga will add some physicality to your defense as a box safety. The scope of what he can do will be limited, though. NFL draft projections, six round. Jumbo safety at 6'1", 215 pounds, who could even have a linebacker in his future. Value add as a blitzer. Can defeat blocks, six sacks the past two seasons. Good straight line speed for a bigger safety. You don't want him lining up as a deep safety. Hips aren't made for that. Not much of a space player. Even if he switched to linebacker, he'd have issues. Has already had two broken collarbones since going to USC. Start stop isn't great. Takes a while to get going. So that's Pro Football Focus is kind of breakdown of, of Hufanga. And like they said, I mean, six-round projection. So if you take a shot at him and sit in the round six and, and just bring him to camp and see what he can do, then maybe. But he kind of sounds like, like you mentioned, kind of sounds like a lot like Jonathan Abram or even what they're expecting maybe a Tanner Muse to be or maybe what a Jamin White's supposed to be. You know, one of those guys that are kind of in between her. So I'm not sure if that's a guy that's in the Raiders' uh, future, but that's kind of what Pro Football Focus has to say. And again, I am not going to speak on a guy that I didn't see too much of, uh, and I'm not going to lie to you on that situation. So, again, that projection right there came from Pro Football Focus. Final call for today's show, as it's going a little bit long already, Raider Mike. He's calling in after hearing the car thieves conversation I actually had last week and brought up the last car thief he could remember that was a member of the Silver and Black and uh, had his thoughts on him. Here he is, Raider Mike. Hey, what's up, Q? Raider Nation. Raider Mike. Hey, man, I just want to say that was a great um, segment on car thieves. Uh, from yesterday's show, but let's be honest here, man. The last car thief that I've seen on that entire team, that when he spoke up, everybody listened, everybody was in position, um, and everybody respected him, was Vontez Burfitt. No matter where he was at on the field, he was lining players up, they was listening to him, and when he spoke up, everybody heard him. You know, I would love to have him on the staff somewhere if the NFL didn't hate him so much. But, man, I would love for us to reach out to him maybe and maybe get some, some car thieves on that, that, uh, that coaching staff too. Um, you know, I think, I think the defense would definitely listen to him. Um, you put them in good positions, but yeah, as far as car thieves, man, that's the last one I could think of. Um, but also, man, it was crazy. I just said something about Tiger Woods, man. Prayers up to him for that brutal accident that he was in. Um, God bless him. But, um, yeah, Q, uh, what, what do you think about that, man? Um, possibly reaching out to Vontez and maybe seeing if he wants to join the coaching staff or do you think the NFL would be against it? Uh, let me know. 
All right, Raider Mike out. There he goes right there, Raider Mike. Thank you so much for the call, my man. Sorry it took me so long to get around to it, but uh, I like it. You brought up Vontez Burfitt. He's definitely a car thief, and yeah, he probably is the last guy that the Raiders actually had. Matter of fact, I don't think there's any probably about it. He definitely is the last guy that fit that bill as a as a car thief. The only problem is he only lasted four games, you know? So uh, unfortunately, he wasn't that guy all season long. And look, that's a guy that I didn't even want the Raiders to grab. And this is why I've said multiple times, you can change your opinion as long as you have no problem saying, Hey, look, I, I was I was wrong about that guy because I didn't want the Raiders to have, want nothing to do with Vontez Burfitt when they were talking about signing him. Thought it was all bad. And and really, the reason I thought it was all bad is because his, his availability. He's never available for a full season. If you go back and look at, uh, you know, his career and what he did. And look, I wasn't wrong. I mean, he played in four games and, and that was it. And then uh, was suspended the last 12 games. Now, I will kind of give him a slight pass because that 12 game suspension we all know was was bogus. That was one of those. It was like a lifetime achievement award like you've been a goon your whole life in the NFL so we're gonna go ahead and hit you with the big Kyle, you know, 12 game suspension. So I thought that was excessive. But either way you look at it, it was just because of everything he had done over the course of his career, uh, but only played four games. So that was my biggest concern. And well, it ended up being true that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be available for the Raiders all season long. But yeah, if you can have a guy like that, that kind of sets the tone and has that kind of edge and, you know, can can demand the, the locker room and get them all, you know, all focused and everything. I could definitely see them bringing in a guy like that. Now, as far as your question about him going on the coaching staff, I, I don't see that happening. If Pauly G was still there as a defensive coordinator, I could see maybe him going in there as an assistant. But without Pauly G, I don't think there's any way that uh, Vontez Burford is there. And again, maybe they bring back Richie Incognito. We all know he's got some car thief to him. You know, maybe he does uh, decide to come back or they bring him back in 2021. That can help along the offensive line, bring a little bit of nasty back to the offensive line. Of course, Rodney Hudson, uh, he's a quiet dude, but he's still, he's got that, uh, he's got that nasty. I mean, all those guys on the offensive line, they're, uh, they're grinders. Uh, I, I really think that the defense needs, needs one of them car thieves. But uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate the call. Definitely, uh, you know, good to hear from you and thanks for your patience as well that's all i got time for on today's show i still have a really really good call from cy Reezy from the bay he's actually a new booty talking about the running back position really good call we'll get that on tomorrow's show a tweet from my guy jeff barnett at one nation only get that on tomorrow's show plus we'll have more news and notes of the day uh we'll have more calls and texts out that locked on radar podcast voicemail line and uh We'll get into some, I believe we'll get into some free agency talk. So uh, that should all come up on tomorrow's show. Until then, Raider Nation, make sure you stay safe. Wash your hands. Take care of your family. uh, Love on each other and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, wear your mask, social distance, good stuff like that. And most importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.